All right, Josh. So I had a conversation recently with a couple of uh, colleagues, peers, folks, and the topic of skills came up, but not in the way of like what they're doing right now. It actually was in a, how do I use my same skills somewhere else? And th- that is a good, uh, extremely good topic to talk about, right? I, so that's why it's going to be our topic today. <laughs> <laughs> the portability of skills today on Curiosity Continuum. Hey everybody, this is Josh. And this is Brian. Welcome to Curiosity Continuum, where a podcast and movement started by two lifelong friends whose mission is to guide you through a changing world by helping you level up your contextual awareness, sharpen your collaboration, and problem-solving skills. Our conversations explore, examine, and reframe practical topics that help you learn something new and apply what you already know in a new way. If you find these conversations helpful, please hit subscribe on your favorite podcast app and rate us, leave a review so others can join the community. As always, you can find us on curiositycontinuum.com and on our social media accounts. Thanks for tuning in, and let's start the conversation. All right, Brian. So you had this idea of talking about taking skills from one area of your life, moving it to another. So we call it the portability of skills. It's an extremely uh, awesome topic to talk about because I think that a lot of people overlook this, right? They do, and it's not necessarily intentionally. It's really because you start applying those skills a certain way and you get in a rhythm of doing it. And right. you need the outside perspective sometimes just to move you or to like, they don't come in with the same preconceived ideas or rhythm that you have. They see it differently. Uh, here's, a, here's a great example. There's a lot of musicians in Nashville, obviously. And right. especially with, uh, you know, pandemic and other issues that have happened over the course of years with, you know, Napster. Some people are still hanging on the fact that, you know, Napster took their job away. And it was an, an unfortunate thing that the music industry didn't lean into the technology at the time to be able to right. say, this is how we could be. It benefited. was a reactionary, they're taking our jobs thing and they just freaked out. Correct. So when you start to look at this now, you could say you can either be uh, reactive and be behind the eight ball and you're going to lose in some way, shape or form, or you can start to be proactive. Now, some people will transform maybe how they've done their music. So my friend Michael Elsner has a uh, master music licensing course where he teaches musicians how to license their own music, like for television, for you know commercials, for movies, all those different types of things. He decided long ago not to pursue like the 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 record deal or pursue sure those type of things full time he's licensing his music he has full control of his publishing and that's always been the language he's done now he's teaching others there are some musicians also that said like you know what like i have different considerations now i was you know when i was 19 and just full of energy and vigor and i could be on the road 300 days a year that worked but now you can't yes. tour <laughs> and you have a family and I've heard a lot of my colleagues, so or colleague, I get my, you know, my, my classmates. At one point in my life, I was a music major, and a lot of these folks have now changed professions because they yeah. don't, they can't, they can't be gone, or they don't want to be gone from their family that long. That's a very real life thing. But many of them are held; they're holding on to this. Well, what else do I do? I've always done this, and it's hard sometimes to say well, how else am I valuable? Because they've wrapped their identity up in that one thing. Yeah, and I think a lot of people, I mean, I think everyone does this, where you say, I'm good at this, and I 
for example, if you're a roofer, you're going to be like, I'm going to be a roofer my whole life and I'm going to do all this and I'm going to do that. But what if you can't do that? Or what if that job is not available anymore? What skills did you learn during that time that you could take somewhere else? And I see, we see this more in the, in the white collar world, really with, but it's also really applicable to blue collar jobs because you might be, you know, delegating authority a lot in a job, or you might be, you know, pointing out different things at different locations. And those skills can always transfer over. So like delegation of authority, you might have, you know, managerial skills you don't even know about. And that kind of thing is useful, especially when you're going from, you know, like right now, I mean, we're in this huge transition period in the whole entire world, right, Brian? Yes. And look, if people tell you, oh, yes, we know how this is going to work out, don't listen to them. <laughs> they know? don't. They no, don't. No, I mean, I don't think we all know how it's going to shake out because we're going to have this long tail, almost as hangover from stuff that's happened. And it's going to be a while until the economy and society kind of rejiggers to find the new normal, you want to say? And I, I think that you have to really objectively look. If you're if you're out of work or if you're thinking that, you know what, this job might not be as stable as I thought, you really need to start thinking about what are the skills that you have in your job. And I'm not just talking about like, oh, those on the resume that I put down. I'm a great worker. I have good personality skills. I'm a, you know, (laughs) (laughs) that kind of stuff is important. And I think Brian's trying to get at uh, a little different thing. So I'm gonna let him talk in a second. Yeah. But go ahead. It's it's actually a both and type of thing. Mm -hmm. People skills, actually, sometimes people don't realize how much of an asset that is to be on a team. You know, so if if I go back to the musician standpoint, like if you are a working musician or you've worked professionally in any shape or form as a musician you work with people all the time all day it, all different types of people yeah when you're playing I mean, some that like country and some that don't that's basically <laughs> the two people <laughs> and you have some people like you have some fans you have some you know naysayers right. you have management you have different musicians in the band you know and there's and const- they all have a different and they all have different expectations and you have to basically meet all of them. Yes. <laughs> and if you can do that, there's ways That's to, a skill. It's a skill. And you have to learn to, to reframe and classify that. Now, there are a few, I would call, um, keystone's probably too strong of a word, but there are some good icons in like the work world that actually would hire to skills and not necessarily direct experience. This is something that the Western Hemisphere hasn't really done as much as maybe... <laughs> Like the, the other side of the world, because it's, it's lagging, it's lagging behind, it's and it's lagging. starting to it's starting to get on board with it. Yep. Part of I think the reason why that is is because industries have been built up, and they're no longer in the innovative stage. They're in the well. How do we not lose? You know, ask yes. asking the question, how do I win, and then asking the question, how do I not lose? They are not the same question, and so you see this again and again where they're trying to find, I need somebody with exactly this experience because I have a higher level of confidence that they will do what I think they should be able to do versus finding somebody who has skills to adapt and figure it out and innovate and grow that role. Right. Because when you're looking for somebody with skills that are just, you know, here, 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 
you're looking for that shoehorn person that you're going to find for that project. But then what do they do after that project? If they're not able to realize that their skills are transferable or whatever, they may just go find another job. And they could still be a useful asset to your company. But they're just like, oh, no, I can't do that. So they don't even try. And that's what it's the realization of these skills that's important, too. And it's important for you to realize that you have these skills. Like um, Brian and I, obviously, we start this uh, podcast and we've started a small business and we're just we're doing our own thing. And personally, I'm amazed at like when Brian and I talk and he's like, well, you have these skills, Josh. You can do this, this and this. I never even thought about that before that that was a skill I had. I'm just like, it's just something I've always done. I always can do it. And he's like, well, that's a skill, Josh. <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> And uh, in the dad voice that Brian uses, you know, and I'm like, yes. sometimes I need to be told that. And I think other people need to be told that too, that that is a skill. That's not just innate ability is also a skill that you can have that other people don't and is important. And it's important to realize that that is valuable and it's worthwhile to to pursue, right, Brian? Yes. Community pulls out your potential in a greater way than you would ever do by yourself. That's why all elite athletes, successful entrepreneurs, leaders, they all have coaches of some kind in their life. Coach or coaches. Right. Right? They're pulling that stuff out of them. Um, Dwayne Johnson, everybody knows Dwayne Johnson around the world probably. You could probably show it in the most remote regions of the world. And <laughs> yeah. No, that's Dwayne Johnson over that's there. That's The Rock, yeah. That's The Rock. Yeah. Now, if you look at his physique over the years, like, you know, obviously the guy's always been like able, physically able to do things. But in recent years, especially, it's going like, dang, you look at the man, it's like, this is a mountain of a man. There's a guy named Hani Rambod who is a uh, multiple, uh, like successful Olympia coach for bodybuilders. And so he's done this with many people and the rock hired him. Yeah. Say, I want you to coach me. I want you to help me pull this out. If somebody like the rock, who is completely genetically gifted and has an unwavering work ethic has coaches that tells you, you can level up. Yeah. And coaching is important because, and here's why coaching is important. I, I really want to stress why coaching is important. It's important because when you're so close to something in yourself, it's hard to see things in yourself, but other people see it. And you need that person that can say, you know what, that is a good thing. We're going to develop that. Or we're going to, you know, in the case of The Rock, they're going to, we're going to do this exercise because I know that you're lacking that because I'm looking at what you're doing now. Mm -hmm. And so when you're sitting there and someone tells you, you know what, you're a good whatever but you have this skill too and you may not you just might blow them off maybe you should really think about that and be like maybe i do have that skill and maybe i need to start to accentuate that skill or start to actually develop that skill more and realize i have it so when people ask you hey can you do this you're like yeah i can do it yeah there's you're in your own frame and other people when they look at you they see you in their how they're looking at the world right it's not the same set of considerations. That's why this the community idea is so important. I have a, I have a great story for you. So I have this uh, friend of mine, and he's approaching 70 now. Let me give you the end of his career, and then I'll tell you the beginning of his career. So his name is Rich. And he uh, was like, he retired from AT&T. He was a very successful salesperson for AT&T, moved into other different pieces of the business. Uh, I think at the end of his 
run there. He was actually helping build out like the 911 like response centers. You know, the AT&T kind of helped power it as far as the infrastructure goes. But that wasn't what he always did. In fact, this guy is a highly talented singer-songwriter. And he tells right. a story like this. Uh, you know, when he was, he grew up in Indiana and then he was kind of all around singing, playing music. And it was in his late 30s when he kind of realized, I think I need to go get a job because I have a family and it's where it's at. And, you know, it's like, I'm getting yeah. a little bit tired of the you road. You got to grow up. Yeah. Yeah. Now, this is what he did. And he, he shares it. He's a great storyteller. He said he, would have, he got a sales job. He said, because I didn't have a college degree and I didn't, whatever. He said, that's just what I did. And so he did it. And he was so bummed about like not being like in front of people doing his thing that like he'd come home like, you know, every couple months and his wife would say like, Rich, how was your day today? He goes, oh, I got another promotion. <laughs> he was so bummed right. because he wasn't doing his sales thing. But it was in those moments, why did he choose sales? He realized, well, first of all, that was who would hire him without the experience. But he was a front man of a band. And as a front man, you are constantly working with people and entertaining them and, and making them feel good. Yeah, you're selling the band. You are yeah. selling the band all the time. And he just applied that into what he did. And then he realized, oh, actually, I really enjoy this. This is the same skill set. I'm just not entertaining people, but I am loving on people. And I'm helping them have that good experience, right? And so he did that. He had the people skills to do it. He never would have thought of himself as salesperson for AT&T versus frontman for a rock band. Why would you do that? I mean, you know, it, do, it doesn't compute. <laughs> it, doesn't seem like it, 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 it doesn't seem like it jives together. Until it, it does. does. It, it does. does. Yeah. Yep. And so some of the, the reinvention comes by necessity, but some of it, especially now, if you say like, how could I reframe that? People are going to bring, just like they do in a band, you know, if, if depending on what configuration of instruments you're playing with and what style, it's going to inform the decisions that you make on what you play. In the same way, when you're approached with life situations, you're going to express that a little bit differently, and it's still you. You haven't lost yourself. Right. Which is hard, because I know, like, um, Josh, in, in some, of your, some of your past life experiences here, you know, there have been skills that you've used in places where it's going, like, well, why would it be there? You know, like, why would you? Right. How does that work over there? And in different parts of your life, oh, Josh, so-and-so, or Josh... This is what Josh does. He goes, wait, Josh does that? Like some people didn't even know you do what you do. Well, <laughs> I, I can guarantee you right now, uh, 90% of the people I work with don't realize I, I can do what I do. <laughs> and that's just, gem, ladies and gentlemen. Well, that's just because at my my current nine to five, my, my bread and butter, whatever you want to call it, is that I don't need those skills to do that job. I don't need to flaunt them, first of all. I can just do the job and do it. And I've been at it for many years. So I'm like, okay, I'll just get it done. It's also not as fulfilling for me as some other jobs would be. And that's why, like, you know, Brian and I are doing this. We do a bunch of other stuff. I do a bunch of creative endeavors outside of that job. As much as I can pretty much jam in, I do. And uh, it gets tiring for sure. But it's also uh, more fulfilling. And I think that's another thing that people need to realize is that if you have skills that you're not using, and you feel that, like Brian was saying, oh, that story, you feel just kind of like a drag on every day. There's a reason why, because you're not exercising those muscles. You're not doing that stuff that you really want to do. And so part of this is realizing you have these skills. But the other part of this, and I think we need to kind of like bring it back around, is that you can use those skills to focus on what you really want to do. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. I think that we, there's many different tendrils this could take, but I think it's probably good to put a comma in the conversation here. Yeah. Let people chew on this. Um, Josh, what would you say is a good homework piece for them to go do about, about this topic? Well, I think I just kind of said it. I'll reiterate it. Think about skills that you have that maybe you don't think are skills or think that you can use them in other things. And think about if you're actually happy where you're at and could you use those skills to get to where you want to be. Perfect. Until next time, this is Brian. And this is Josh. For Curiosity Continuum. Thank mm-hmm. you.